Welcome to Shit You Don't Want to Talk About. Before listening to today's episode, please be advised, some content may include discussion around topics that are difficult to hear, especially for children under the age of 13. We want to encourage you to care for yourself, security, and well-being. Resources of each episode will be listed in the episode description and on the website shittotalkabout.com. Hey, Katara's guy. Thank you for joining Shit You Don't Want to Talk About. Please introduce yourself and what shit you don't want to talk about today. Hey, Jen. Thanks for having me and really happy to be here. That's a great topic, by the way, shit that we don't want to talk about. And I think all I want to talk about is the truth. And I think that this is something that people shy away from. And my own personal story has been avoiding the truth of who I am. So just a very, very short story of I'm born and raised in Canada to immigrant parents from China. I studied in business, all the good stuff. I became a chartered accountant. And then the first opportunity I could, I moved to the Middle East. I lived there for almost a decade in Abu Dhabi and in Eastern Europe. And I find myself doing something completely different, having followed my truth and my calling to Australia. And I've been here for the last two years. And now I work as a healer, as a spiritual teacher, and helping people to discover or uncover their truth, as I like to call it. And I think that that is something that many of us think many things are true, but it's like that real deep truth of what things mean, you know, who we are, the truth of who we are, and that stuff that we don't always talk about. We don't give it enough attention. I, first off, the... In our intro episode, he didn't mention the accountant part. And <laughs> yes. I'm just like, uh, you know, like, uh, no matter how much we try, you know, uh, we take a look at people and, you know, you pick up people's vibes. It's, it's something that's natural to humans. And I never in a million years would have guessed accountant in the background, um, yeah. which I think is so cool that we can change ourselves following our truth to who we're meant to be instead of what course we were going through Mm. uh, or doing because of other people. Uh, What, how would you define truth? Mm. Yeah. And I like that you brought that up and that's exactly it. You know, a couple of years ago, a decade ago, it is like, you would have never known that I used to work in corporate for more than a decade and I still am a chartered accountant, but it's just, you know, finding this side of me. How do I define truth? Well, firstly, I want to say that, you know, many things can be true and they can be true to us, like our perspectives. They can be true um, in certain levels and layers, but it's like pieces of the puzzle. It's like there can be a thousand variations of what's true, but it still can never fully comprehend or fully encompass the truth. Like truth is whole, but we might only touch, you know, bits and pieces of it. So, you know, if I were to make an analogy that if truth was the source of all things, you know, whether we call that spirit and God and all of that, you know, it's like the big thing, whereas we just experience different parts of it. And so to be in your truth or to be living truth or something is truth for you, I always say it's like it is a feeling. It is a, an alignment and a vibration of what stands right for you. Now, you know, not because truth changes, but because what's true for you can change. And as we grow and unravel all these layers, 
I was an accountant and that's true, and now I'm a healer and that's still true, but the truth of who I am is neither of those things. Does that make sense? It's like, and it's like this feeling of, I don't align with that of me anymore, but I align with, you know, what I do now. And so it's, I feel like it's definitely a vibrational thing. And sometimes it matters less of what we're actually doing and rather more of like how we're feeling about things. And can we act in alignment and in accordance with those things and live our life in that vibration in flow? I hope that makes sense. I've never answered it that way before. <laughs> I dig it. And uh, one of my friends who does a Yodish uh, birth charts, she and I have talked about this quite a bit and uh, doing the perspective because I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I feel with when you're, your life aligns, towards your own individual truth things just kind of magically happen because your vibration changes and you know you attract more things and it's basically if I were to tell myself 10 years ago all that woo-woo shit that seems really out there and not possible is real Oh yeah, it's real. <laughs> it is, I think, the best way that I can explain it to myself, and also uh, something that, on a spiritual level, I've I myself have never been very religious, yet I've always been spiritual. And in my own definition for that is, it's not that just there's one higher being and call them whatever. It is there's something where if I figure out my own, you know, alignment with myself, things just start to happen and work in that progression. I'm not mm. fighting things as much. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that spirituality in the fact of working on meditation or yoga practice or being intentional or breath work. And it's interesting to me that we don't, really talk about that stuff because it's scary hmm. I mean I don't and and you mentioned this earlier I was like to be by myself with myself is one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn and hmm. continue to trust myself to do that yes yes and can you go into why it's it's scary to to figure out our truth because yeah it's not yeah. something that I wanted to see what was under all those masks <laughs> those masks were easier I just want to say at first now now it's like second nature but those mm. masks were easier at one point I think the journey you know to uncovering ourself whether we call them you know taking our masks off or finding out the truth or going deep it's always a journey and it's, it's not a linear one. It's a spiral path, you know. It's whether you call that peeling an onion and we're in the center of it or that, you know, we work through one layer of something and then we go into the next one. Like some of these pains and, you know, patterns that I had been working on, it's like you just unravel another layer over time. And let me use, you know, a very real example of in some ways when I left Canada more than a decade ago, I was running a bit from my family. Oh, I don't want to be in that, you know, kind of containing kind of energy and not really understanding that that's what had happened. I only realized that like many years in 
And then in that self-reflection of the energies that were there in my work, in my relationships, it was again that containment energy. And it's scary to actually acknowledge it as that because, oh my goodness, how much has this actually affected me in my life? And then really being able to rise up to it to say, okay, no, I don't want that anymore. And so some people might just be perfectly happy with head in the sand, you know, ostrich, whatever, and just say, I'm good, I'm good. You know, I wanted to move abroad and I wanted to chase, you know, adventures and I did. But kind of like a layer deeper is like, but why? And that's one of the questions to really ask if we're looking for truth and really trusting it. Because we could easily, you know, escape from, let's call it home, my life in Canada, but still run into the same patterns and the same problems. And so it's that pause of that alignment of, you know, why? Why am I doing this? And then wanting to have a better life, wanting and choosing to say, I don't want it. And so do things, I mean, that sounded like, oh, it was still quite a, a, uh, an adventure of a journey, like it wasn't hardship per se. And so I think for some of us, if we listen to the signs, if we can hear that voice, you know, very, the subtleties, then we might act upon it easily. But sometimes those hardships can just smack you in the face, you know, really tough relationships, uh, really traumatic experiences you know, the thing that really changed my life around. Like how many times have you heard amazing, inspirational stories that sound like that? And so I share those kind of big moments because it's easier for people to recognize. But what I like to teach people is don't wait till that big thing needs to happen. You know, hear the softness, reflection, and that stuff comes in that quietness and that centeredness. And that's not something that people are always wanting to do because they just want to carry on, you know, and then live the good life in our dreams. And it's kind of sometimes forgetting that we can live even bigger dreams and even higher vibration if we can face some of these not so good things because it's being liberated from that. Yeah. I'm feeling that. That is definitely something in my own journey that was easier said than done and I'm not sure how it was for you but I would see people that they were just themselves it didn't matter who they were in front of where they were who they were talking to they were 100% themselves all the time And I always was like, how do you do that? How do you not worry about what everyone else is thinking of you? How do you have the courage to do X, Y, Z? How are you just trusting yourself so much? And that's a big one. And I, I realized that for myself now, I, I found myself in alignment with that type of person in myself And it wasn't, you know, a one-two punch that got me there. It was Mm. hard work. (laughs) Ten-ish years, yeah. Ten-ish years of, you know, personal development and looking inward. And then going at this point, I'm like, you know, I've done a shit ton of personal development. Mm. And I haven't worked through a lot of the trauma that I need to without a therapist. Like I need to go actually go get some help Mm. because 
some of this stuff, I don't know how to deal with. Yeah. And you mentioned about for a lot of people that, and you teach how to do this on their own journey and it being starting now instead of when something catastrophic happens. Mm. What, what would you say to someone like, you know, they're miserable in their life. And I know for myself, I never thought I could live the life I'm living right now in a million years. So what would you say to someone that doesn't think this is possible? Mm. Someone who's a non-believer of what's possible. I'm just feeling into that. I think I would actually just take them straight into a little bit of a visionary exercise, which means really asking them, not from the mind, because we're so amazing at being able to use our mind, but, you know, the whole closing down of the eyes thing and feeling into the heart space of, is this really what you want to accept in life? And are you perfectly content? And if they stop there and say, yeah, yeah, this is the life I want, I wouldn't go further. I wouldn't go further because, you know, you have to meet people where they are. But if they say, no, this isn't where I want to be, then I would ask them, okay, and if you were to paint, you know, it's it's white sheet of paper, if you were to paint the life you want to live and actually tell me how that feels from the heart, right? Feelings, we're a little bit disconnected from them sometimes. Feeling joy, feeling freedom, feeling ease, feeling expansiveness, whatever, feeling abundant. And if they're not feeling that, then that's the presentation of a choice of, well, do you want to get there? And so that work in between of getting to that end state, that's the inner work. Okay, so what's in the way? And what can be in the way are limiting thoughts, emotional stuff we haven't processed, things we haven't even seen, what's in the shadows, you know, you know, what's in the light, like it's both sides. So I kind of start with, are you happy where you are? Because if someone is happy, they're not going to want to hear what you've got to say. You know, you can talk to them till the cows come home about finding yourself. You know, they, they're happy. They found their place. <laughs> but if that's not where they are, then I would go, the next question is, well, where do you want to be? And so I kind of really like to destigmatize all this healing work and inner work. It's a facilitation journey of where do you want to be? And then do you want to look at what's in the way and what can come up along the way, whether it's past lives, you know, whatever energy, whatever traumas, like we'll work on them one at a time just to get to that end state. That's what I would tell them if they don't believe in that stuff because it's believing in what future they want. Is that something for them to believe in? That's up to them. Interesting. I I love that you say that of meeting them where they are. I, I want to ask a little deeper because I've seeing the type of work you do and that it really can, the mindset change can change, change my life tremendously. What, and I know when I started, it was people would, I, especially with all this self-development courses, people would be like, yo, well, look into your future. What do you want to do? And I was definitely like, I'm not happy where I'm at. I don't know where I want to go because I don't believe, I don't know if I'll survive to get there. Mm. I don't know if I'll live long enough. I don't even know that like there were points in my life. I didn't know where my, the roof over my head would come from. Yep. And 
I can tell you, at least from my own experience, that I probably would have a really hard time dreaming even of the type of life that I never knew was possible. And I ask that because I feel like that's a really, really big part that I got stuck on Mm. of how can I dream bigger when I don't know how to take care of my own necessities. Yeah. Fair point. And that's an excellent thing to bring up. And as a healer and I'm actually currently still studying. I'm doing a, a course in, in counseling, which is a bit more mainstream. And what I found in my reflections is you can come and serve people and help them at different points in their journey. You know, So if somebody is out there struggling on the street and doesn't have a roof over their heads, meeting them where they are is not telling them, let me help you connect to your spirit guide, okay? Let me tell you what your, you know, five-dimensional self is telling you. That's not going to help them. (laughs) So I think that's what I kind of realized when I was in this counseling course, when every case study was about, oh, you know, they're suffering from drugs and alcohol, they're in an abusive relationship and all that stuff, and they're very real problems. And I kind of felt like, would I be the appropriate person? And I think a lot of times the answer was not right at that moment. But if they've found the roof over their heads and they're in a place of, let's call it physical stability in some way, then this kind of work is really super powerful to work in collaboration because the physical things can be happening, but you need to remove or work on the energetic and emotional patterns. So yeah, it's like, it's like you need to know what it is you need right now. And sometimes the person who's looking for the help doesn't even know. So I do think that it is at the responsibility also of care providers, okay, in any area of are you the appropriate care? And this is where I see sometimes where counselors, coaches, doctors, it's like they don't know when, they don't know what they don't know, number one. But number two is like, Are they ready to pass them on to someone else who can better help them, to better serve them? I think that's kind of what I'm feeling in response to you. It's like, I I don't know how to help the guy find a home, but I can have a chat. We can bring in lots of insights and, you know, all that beautiful things. So I think the appropriateness of where people are and their journey is actually important. You know, like when someone like me might be helpful and when someone like me, it's like, not now, cat. you know, maybe in a couple of years time or whatever. So the work is always powerful at any stage, but it's like, I'm not going to be able to help with, you know, some very acute and specific things. And that's why having a holistic approach and team to work with you, knowing what you need. Like I have lots of friends and healers I go to, but I see this person when I need that. I see this person when I need that. Addressing the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional layer of everything. And this is also, again, a, a process that people need to reflect of what does self-care look like for me now? What does therapy and, and helping me on my inner journey look like now? And realizing that we need different people, different teachers, different healers at different times. And that's, that is life. You know, you outgrow places, you know, things and people. I think that's just a natural order of things. It's amazing that you even, like, 
to go through and what you were talking about and, and meeting people where they're at with also acknowledging that it may not be the best fit. One thing that just popped in my head, and this is the question that I've been asking myself. So I asked you uh, for, for many, many years. And one thing that I realized is at least for myself, and I can only talk from there. I have no idea for other people, but I always knew I'd be able to figure it out. It was never necessarily where I could knew where the next roof over my head would go or how I would get, um, you know, through, you know, other traumas that I went through, but I knew I'd get through it. Mm. Um, or as my mother would like to tell me this too shall pass. This too shall it, pass. <laughs> that was her favorite phrase for me go, growing up. And it's, it's, crazy to me to realize now, and I, I'm very much enjoying this conversation of that is still manifestation mm. because I was telling myself I would get through it and mm. I did. And it's, it's hard to, to realize that because getting through to this point, there were very many, many truths I had to face. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about that a bit. And what are some of the hardest truths that, that you see people come up with often? Or uh, is there something that most people have like a truth Hmm. that they have a hard time working through? Or is it really individualized? Mm. I mean, we're all different. So I got to ask. Definitely we are. We're all different and there's so many things that are coming into my mind. It's like, hold on, hold on. I need to like organize. Okay, so firstly, we're all individualized. We're all a drop of water, but of the ocean. So we're all the same. And so the first truth that universally that we all have to understand or to accept possibly is that we're these, we're beings of consciousness. You know, I mean, you know that I'm all about the spiritual stuff. So it means that, yes, I accept that we definitely are having a human experience, but we're all beautiful light beings and consciousness. So when people are on this journey or even in their day to day and they're not aware of this side, that first truth is this divinity, the sacredness, the inner God, the inner Buddha, like it doesn't matter what you call it, the inner shaman, the Tao. You know, it's, it's that divinity and that consciousness that you are and that is being expressed as a human in our day-to-day. So I think that's the first kind of universal, it is true, it is true for me, it is the truth. I like it. How, I like how it. we express it is definitely going to be unique. So that's the one thing, you know, like helping people to remember who they are this divinity that they are, that's the that's really the ultimate truth that we all want to realize. Whether we get to samadhi, enlightenment, or whatever, like I'm still working on it. But at least I've had the experience of, okay, I am more than just this body. I am more than this pain. I am not these thoughts that I'm thinking. So that's kind of like the universal thing that I'm hoping that people can awaken to and experience. Are we all on individual journeys? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I feel that as consciousness, as souls that are on a soul evolution, 
soul journey, I guess we, we choose our lessons as we come onto this earth plane. You know, perhaps your soul needed to experience pain. Maybe pain is the lesson. Maybe love is the lesson. Maybe abandonment is the lesson. Like I'm summarizing it in one major thing. So I feel like when we incarnate, when we choose to, to be here, it's like there's some major lessons, major truths that we're working on. And for me personally, it has been the truth of, of self-love and self-acceptance. Does that sound universal? 100%. Because everything kind of whittles down to a couple of really core, potentially limiting beliefs. I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. You know, everything can come down to it. But each of us might have this core lesson, this core wound in which almost every pattern seems to always be around that. And so coming back to my original a story that you know I left Canada because I felt very contained so it was like I wanted to be myself and not realizing that it's like I couldn't express myself and I was keeping myself small and following other people's ideas of you know who and what I should be suppressing the truth of who I am and in that way it's like I couldn't actually accept who I am I couldn't actually love myself for who I am because I didn't know who I was because everyone else thought oh you're this you're that you're an accountant, you're a business person, you're whatever, all these labels that we have. And we're just on this journey to express ourselves as, you know, who, who are we, what are we doing? So I think the truths that we seek for have some universal, you know, human psyche kind of core things that we're working on, but we probably have our, you know, big lesson that we come into this life learning. That's what I'm feeling. And that's my lived experience. Like, um, you know, nothing is dogmatic in how I share. This is, if it resonates, it resonates. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But that's kind of how I feel. That's how I feel. That is what we're working on when we're finding our truth. I, I vibe with that. It's, <laughs> I, I mentioned my friend, uh, with the, the Yodish, uh, birth chart and, uh, her name's Val. And eventually I'm going to get her on this podcast as well. And something that I do want to go back to, and her and I have had many conversations about this, is with the um, reincarnation. Mm. That is something I feel like a lot of people don't know much about or maybe don't have the same beliefs. And uh, the way I remember her and I talking about it, so please, um, you know, jump in when needed, is we all basically, as you said, choose the challenges or karmic challenges that mm -hmm. we need to go through each lifetime. And sometimes it's to work through something that we weren't able to work through in a past lifetime. Sometimes it's new challenges that we need to learn uh, that we choose. So that way we become the humans uh, and souls that we're meant to be. And, um, I just know for myself, I definitely struggled with what people thought I should be. Mm. And I didn't align with anything that I thought I should be because everybody said I should be chill, uh, <laughs> not hyper, not ADHD, good at school, not asthmatic. And I'm a spaz, but I'm a spaz that 
freaks out in crowds, mm. which is like the opposite because people are like, Jen, you're so outgoing. You're an extrovert. I'm not extroverted at all. Like mm. I'm just really good with people and I'm outgoing. But if you put me in a crowd of people, I don't know what to talk to them about. Yeah. Which I found as like a life hack for anybody that gets like social anxiety, wear a crazy outfit. Because <laughs> people will come talk to you and you don't have to start the conversation. It's phenomenal. Um, and it, it, leading up to that is I know that all the challenges and trauma that I went through, I'm finally learn and learning to trust myself to give people the area to share their stories and to not be out on their own and to stick up for myself at work and that I can be there for others. And that's not, I, if I didn't work through my, uh, I don't know, I, I want to call them like the, the dark spots that I didn't yeah. want to, you know, shine light on for my truth. Um, I wouldn't be able to be here. And how, how do you like talk through people? Because I personally, if I were to be like, yo, I'm going to go get a healer, it's going to be dope. And uh, they're going to give me like all this light. I'm going to become who I'm supposed to be. Mm. And then they're like, yeah, we got to work through some shit too. And it's not necessarily going to be fun. I'm going to be like, "Mm, I don't, why? Why do you, why, why should I do this? So my question goes to you, Kat. Why, why would anybody want to go through this? <sighs> I think I will relate it back to that, that question of, is this where you want to be? You know, if you don't want change, great. If you want to just go get love and light, and yes, I absolutely am love and light. You know, I sign off everything with love and light. You know, let me realign your chakras and give you some blessings and make some nice, you know, sound bells. And they will be very healing as well. And that choice of people wanting to look at their shit, to look at the shadows, you know, they need to choose that. And so it definitely has happened where someone walks in and they say, you know, like, I want a healing. And they're not actually ready to go there. And I think the way that I work with spirit, I will sense, I will kind of know, you know, like, how deep can they go? I'm always guided to like, okay, you know, like if that topic, if that shadow, let's say, is not ready to come up and that person is not ready to face that truth, it will not come up or it will come up to the degree that they're ready to, to handle it. And then there's, it's an interactive, you know, um, session, which means I will ask you, hey, this is what's coming up. This is the energy, you know, does it resonate? And, you know, that person really needs to be present with it and actually feel into, oh, yeah, that's truth. Or you can deny it, right? Like how many times has someone pointed out something to you and you just don't want to face it? It's the same in healing. So stuff comes up and, you know, that client is going to make a choice either physically, you know, verbally, energetically. They're going to make that choice of, "Mm, do I want to go there? Am I ready to go there? And if they're ready to go there, we've hooked onto that energy and then we, you know, do whatever we need to do with it. But if they're not willing to go there, that energy will subside and it will get tucked away in the, the line of shadows that's waiting to, to come up. And then whatever they're ready to, to go with will, will happen. So I get everything from 
first session ever, never heard of a spirit, you know, anything. And that's perfectly fine. We'll work on a more conscious layer, you know, work with what mind, you know, what thoughts you have, what feelings, how are you feeling, right? Reconnecting people to something so fundamental, but that we're disconnected from. And they also get those other people that come and say, I don't know what I need. Can you just ask spirit? And then we just open the container and whatever wants to come in will come in. And that's the beauty of it because, you know, as, as a shamanic healer and working in this way, you get to look in the shadows and actually tell them, hey, that's in your blind spot. You want to have a look? And then they'll, you know, have to consent. Everything is in agreement, right? We're sovereign beings of our own free will. And if you don't want to go there, we don't want to go there. But if you do, then I'll help you there. Yeah, does that answer the question? It does. And, and uh, it, it makes me think about a um, something that I, I tell my therapist often. And she's also, one thing that I love about my therapist is we are working through EMDR, which is mm -hmm. eye movement desensitization repetition I say that on enough of these episodes I really should like write it down by yeah. my laptop um, <laughs> you should just roll but, off the tongue you know <laughs> right uh it's it's something that I I so appreciate because she does talk about the spirituality as well like when I don't know why but somebody's doing something and it's just like I'm freaking out about it. Like, I don't know why it's digging at me so deep. And she's yeah. like, yo, you might need to do some shadow work. Like, go look that up. She's like, I'm your therapist, so I can't work through this with you because I'm licensed and this is what we're doing. Mm. But yo, like, go. Yeah. And she'll give me resources to look into it because she's like, that may be more of a spiritual thing than yeah. a mind thing. And yeah. I, I love that because it is something that I've seen that we really have so much disconnected our mind and body, mm. our mind and feelings. And when people start talking to you about it, like you mentioned that sometimes it's their first time ever and you're helping them reconnect. What are things that help reconnect? Mm. Great question. The first thing I teach people is their connection to their inner senses. So we might call it intuition and I've got a freebie training which I'm so happy to share with you and your, and your listeners. I think intuition is very broadly what I call it but it's, it's like the inner senses, right? So we've got our outer senses. We see, you know, you're seeing me here, you're listening to my voice, you know, you're seeing my body language, you might feel, you know, how does that tea feel when you drink it, all of these senses. But we have the same senses on a on a different level, let's call it. And some of them, some people call it the, the clair senses, right? Someone's clairvoyant, clairsentient, claircognizant. So to me, it just means you have a heightened sense of awareness of these senses that are more on an inner level. So that might be seeing the things not with your outer eyes, but with your inner eyes feeling things inside the body, having a knowing, right? Like how many times have we spontaneously been able to have a gut feeling, a hunch, a knowing, you know, I just knew that I had to do that. Those are all senses communicating with us. And for me, that sense and that connection is that deep, deep alignment with my inner self, my real self. It's also that alignment with source, that divine within us, you know, that spark that I mentioned. So if we're deeply centered into 
that spiritual aspect of ourselves, but also this human aspect, right? Like I could be like, I don't know, I'm a light warrior, but in my day-to-day -day life, you know, maybe I'm, I'm doing some, I don't know, not, not so positive and noteworthy things. Like there's a misalignment there. So connection. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's so funny. I, every, I was never, I never felt like that, but I never doubted why I needed to do that because it, you know, propelled me onto the path of choosing to live there and all the work opportunities, that strategic thinking and business mindset. Fundamental. It is part of who I am, you know, but I don't resonate with the label <laughs> accountant. So teaching people how to be aware of these inner senses and which power sense, let's say, is really strong for you, that's how you can really hear inside, to really hear what's the truth for me, what's my inner voice saying, what's my inner feeling saying, yeah? And so for me, you know, finding that, that power sense, like it was so subtle, like in the beginning it used to be what I call claircognizance, so it's about knowing. And knowing is so subtle. Like, how can you go and convince someone like, no, 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 that's not true. I know that it's not true. You know, somebody's going to look at you and say, well, that's just not logical. You know, that doesn't make sense. That's not what the evidence says. And if you look at the definition of intuition, it is about being able to access information in a non-logical way. And that's exactly it. We need to not bypass the mind but it's that harmony of using the mind our intellect but also our heart to be able to have that information that's in alignment right um, so this is what I I want to share this is what I want to start with teaching people how do you connect how do you can how do you know you know that's that trusting yourself when you are so deeply in tune with how you're feeling every day what feels good what it's telling you how, the guidance in your life you know, you, you, you begin to see the evidence of if I trust it, what happens? And I have trusted it so much that I moved continents, accepted jobs without meeting bosses, moved, you know, cities in, in a heartbeat, came to Australia because uh, a friend of a friend recommended this course and it, it changed my life. And it was just this knowing it was, you know, and there's different ways, right? Like, and that's what I show people. But it was like this full body sensation of, oh my God, I need to do that. And I need to do it now. And here I am. So my whole life has been about following that guidance. But before it was like, I didn't know that you could learn how to do that. And now when you know how to access it on demand, that's when it becomes really powerful and that you can actually make decisions and, and trust it. I, I joke about the accountant side of thing and, <laughs> and, and thank you for letting me uh, do that because I think, um, you know, as someone that could be very apprehensive about this, uh, mindset and wanting to dig deeper, I, can you go into how you discovered your journey, especially because, and I, as an accountant that does, it is so much of a different mindset, yet I love how you said it. it is so much part of you. It may not be the title you resonate with now, but it is still something that is very much a part of you. And I've heard from so many coaches or people that quit their corporate jobs that that, mm. that was never in alignment. And I love that yours sounded more like a lesson and instead of like a regret. Yeah, and no regrets, no regrets. 
I, I'm curious how you went from accountant to healer. Can we <laughs> dive in a bit more there? Yeah, totally. Um, I'll come back to the feelings. It didn't feel fulfilling. It didn't feel it like it made my, it lit my day up. I didn't wake up feeling like this is how I want to feel if I'm living my dream job, life. You know, it's like seeing that there was some things on the surface that looked good. I had a great job title. I had great pay. I was living in a, you know, great place, but it just felt empty. And so if those were not the feelings I wanted, it was like that definite desire to go for looking, go looking for well, what, what do I want to do? And so, no, not everyone needs to resign their job and go looking full time. Okay, I don't advise that. That's why you have healers, coaches, facilitators, programs to help you to facilitate the journey for you. But I guess in those last couple of you know years that I was in that job, I was already feeling a lot of this energy, you know, not being fulfilled. And I had already started um, doing a few courses and kind of dabbling in, in what we would probably call hobbies, you know, when it begins. So yeah, yoga was my first door. I say you know, there are many doorways to go on this path. And so I went on a yoga teacher training, even though I had no aspiration to be a yoga teacher, uh, which I still don't teach. But <laughs> so I did yoga teacher training. And then it was like, oh my God, all these new philosophies and new ways of looking at things. And so yeah, I was really in that yoga, you know, bandwagon for a while. But then it, it led me to energy work and I started you know learning about Reiki oh what's energy work oh what are the chakras you know and so that opened a little bit of my perspective and then I went to study hypnotherapy because I had a hunch so I had a healer I had a session I saw her certificate I'm like what's that I need to do it had no idea what it was I just needed to do it but in order to do that I needed to resign from my job go to the U.S. live there for three months because that's how long it was and that began the reason of how I left my corporate job because I felt so convinced and trusting that feeling of I need to do this. So I just kind of followed the breadcrumbs. And because I'm always a student of life and always seeking, I guess for me it was taking courses. And now in hindsight, because it's hindsight's always 2020, I realized that I needed to do that path. It was my path because I would then use those tools to give it in my offering, to be part of, you know, my toolbox. That's why for me, it looked like I needed to take courses. But for anyone, you know, like I, I don't always recommend, oh yeah, take a course, take a teacher training. No, that's not, that's not the answer. You know, the answer is feel into what resonates with you. Is it that you need a spiritual mentor? Is it that you need to do a group program? Is it that you need to do a training? Is it that you need to leave your job because it's toxic? And that answer is going to be different for everyone. But it begins with the seed of, I want to make a change in my life. I'm not happy with it. It's not giving me the feelings and vibrations I want. And I'm ready to do something about it. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to waver. Believe me, I've had my you know, troubles the last two years as well. Oh, am I really ready to do this? Like, oh, maybe just one more corporate job. You know, like there's a lot of things that come in the way. Yeah, but just... First question, do you want to change? Do you want to actually do something about it? Because that's where it begins. Because if the answer is no, not yet, then we're not ready to begin. I, I really like that. And 
I can see the progression, especially from being your account, being an accountant and where it wasn't fulfilling. I am going to totally go with my ADHD brain right now. And it's something that hit me while you were um, talking about it is what does hindsight 2020 mean? Having 2020 hindsight? Well, yeah. So 2020 vision means being able to see clearly, right? And hindsight means if I look at things after they've happened, you can totally see clearly why it happened that way. And so. And so that's, I was going to look it up just for, uh, you know, the giggles of it. But it's interesting that, you know, 2020 as a year, Mm. (laughs) hindsight 2020, Made us all go, well, shit, we're not going to work or we're not going to go out and, you know, be with crowds anymore. We're going to have to focus on ourselves. And that just really hit me because it made me go, oh, shit, that's kind of what 2020 did. Mm -hmm. And we need so many of us have battled with the truth of finding ourselves and and something that you said earlier that I, I really, really connected to is when working on connecting to your divine or your inner self or however someone may want to say that, it definitely does come up with its challenges. It also comes up with its, its glory. And I say that in the fact of I am so much happier as a human, yet I definitely want to call out the fact that there are also such things as mental illnesses. There is still depression. There is still anxiety. And the reason I mention this is I really want our listeners, and I'd love your opinion on this, but my opinion on, on this is I know for myself, as much as I believe in learning more about this and working with healers, and I know that my modern medicine and Western medicine, we'll go with that, has helped so much because Mm -hmm. it has stabilized my bipolar type two. It has helped me stabilize my anxiety and depression and my ADHD. And those are things that I without those, I wouldn't have been able to focus more on what is fulfilling in my life, to be able to work through therapy, to be able to, as you kind of said earlier, have that physical safety to go dig in deeper. Mm. And they made kind of like mind safety of, I'm not going to have all of these uncontrollables Mm. now that I can dig in deeper. And it's also something that is an illness, yet it's something that I have. It's not who I am anymore. Mm. And I'm curious about your experience just in working with clients of, you know, of them not being able to let go of Western thoughts, or is it something that the healing aspects of, of Mm. healers, like even with these type of things or what you've seen in general? Yeah. You know, my medicine is, it is natural medicine. It is neither the East nor the West. It is ancient medicines. 
and they come in many forms, whether they're the shamanic practitioners, whether it's Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, you know, like homeopathy, naturopathy, like these are natural medicines. And I believe that they should be in harmony with Western medicine, with the modern men. And that's why I say it's ancient medicines for the modern day, because we have modern day problems. You know, we can't go to the jungle and ask the medicine man to go and, you know, serve you some plant medicine. Well, we, you can. We, we, you, you can. can. And, and I have done that. And I have done that. It might be a trip. It might be a while. Take but a while. It's, it's being able to learn how to do it yourself so that you are in communion with spirit, right? The shamanic practitioner holds the space and is the channel in between, the bridge between the worlds. And that's why I'm, I'm sharing this because I feel all of us can be that bridge. We all have that innate ability to do it. But not all of us can go to the jungle right now and say, this is what I need, you know, retreat there for three months. And this is what I mean by, you know, what's best serving for you. And if at that particular time we needed the Western medications, like it is in no way that I'm saying don't take it. No, you know, we need that stability at whatever level so that you can go the next layer deeper. And perhaps when you go another layer deeper, and this is to anyone who's on any medication or whatever dis-ease that you have in life, right? You might be destined in this life to have a certain condition and that's your lesson, maybe. You know, we're not talking miracles happen, but a miracle may not be in your destiny, or it may be. So these things, you know, like no practitioner, I, I'm, well, I'll speak for myself, you know, I'll never promise someone to say, I'm going to work miracles. But I can definitely say that if you want to create change in your life, you'll be able to do it. To what degree? That's up to our manifestation power, our intention, our will, our destiny. So the two, Western, Eastern, ancient medicines, all of it can be in harmony. We're just trying to rebalance all of us as a being into harmony as well to stabilize, you know, to be able to do the work. And I've seen people that, you know, have gone to um, different practitioners, whatever, whatever side of the world, okay, and they just can't get to the root of the issue. Like I had the first time I worked with a client that had a bit of depression, physical abuse, sexual abuse, you know, whatever. I, I was actually a bit worried because I'm like, oh, okay, like he, he's not wanting to just connect his spirit guide. He had never done this work before. And so I felt honored that, you know, he, he wanted to start with me. Obviously something was ready, but there was my mind that came in as well that said, oh, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know how to deal with that. And actually it was, it was beautiful. It was literally follow what spirit says, you know, you're going to say or do or whatever. And it shifted so much on an energetic level, on a deeper soul level, that that allows him to come back into the day-to-day -day and still meet with his regular therapist or whatever kind of work. And as he shared with me, it was something that they were not able to get to. After hours and hours of talk therapy, they just can't get to the energetic part of it. So I think that people looking to supplement, to add on to their current therapies practices and whatnot i think it's it's great you know it's not it's not going to be um non non-compatible you know like and i always recommend if you are under the care of someone you can talk to them about it you know and i highly doubt that they're going to say no no don't do meditation don't do you know this kind of stuff like it, it can only help yeah and if they tell you if they tell you that it's not good for you then i would actually 
revisit <laughs> the intention and, and authenticity of that provider. And on that note, I do want to mention, um, I actually have gone to the ER emergency room, uh, goodness, four times in the last year and a half. And the last time I went, um, the reason I would go is I would be short of breath. Mm. I would be, um, my mouth would be tingly. I would be lightheaded. I wouldn't be able to walk. I would be so weak. Um, my hands and feet were tingly. I'd cry just randomly. And I get in the very last time I, I get into the, the hospital, the doctor sees me and he's like, we got to get you to breathe. Mm. He's like, you have what's called Crohn's hyperventilation syndrome, where basically underlying issues of me breathing too quickly was changing the body chemistry in my body. Mm. And he's like, the best thing you could do is start meditating. He's Mm. like, you need to start working on breath work. Like you need to start actually developing that because that's going to get you to, to regulate your body. Mm. And I love that because, well, love, hate that. Because as soon as he told me, I started breathing better and I was like, shit, he's right. Mm. Which is frustrating because I've been three times before that. And they told me it was my heart. They told me it was all this stuff. Um, and after that, anytime I start to start feeling nauseous or lightheaded, I start taking more deep breaths and regulate my, my breathing. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. And, um, I know that we're, we're starting to get towards the end of our time and we've gone through so much of, of just starting on. I would say even a spiritual journey to face the truth, our Mm. own truth and finding our truth, which is, is so incredibly worth it. Yet it could be hard for many of us. Is there any part of the topic that we haven't touched on that you wanted to go over today? Mm. I mean, I think this has been just truly an authentic conversation, which I love. And I think I was just, ask that people really ask themselves that question, you know, what's going on for you now, all the things that 2020, 2021, and now, you know, all the things that it's bringing up to really pause and actually take a breath and look at those things, to feel into those things and ask yourself whether you're willing to look at it. Because I think that for myself, for the clients that I've been seeing, it's like undoubtedly, and more of the reason of why I want to share this kind of stuff is there is so much stuff coming up for us. The shadows are, you know, in line waiting for us to look at. And it's an opportunity. We can look at the glass half full or half empty. And it is more than half full because there's so much for us that we can look at so that we can just let go of shit. So we can bring in, you know, good stuff, good vibrations, higher vibration but it takes courage. And so I really just want to, yeah, to say to people, look back, you know, it's painful, it's hard. Maybe it's painful and hard because it is the wake up call. It is the aha moment that you need in order to say, right, let me work on this now. I'm tired of feeling this way. That's all. That's all I want to like to say to people like, this is an opportunity 
yeah, stuff's going bad, but it can turn around like this as well. And, you know, you can have that future that you want and be courageous. That's it. The truth, um, the truth can hurt. The truth can hurt, but man, the truth is also just so beautiful. It is. And, and I, I, I feel like you wrapped up words of encouragement with that as well, but any additional words of encouragement that you would like to leave with our audience? Just to have trust. It's a trust in self, right? We can never know the future, right? It is that foresight and beginning to trust ourselves. So just having a little bit more trust in yourself, you know, this too shall pass. You know, you said it already. Somebody said it best. This too shall pass. We only ever really have the present moment right here, right now. And it's this present moment that we make that choice so that we can better the future, so that we can heal the past, so that right now in this present moment, we can live with that fullness and be grateful, you know, to be grateful for this amazing human experience that's really hard some days, but still an amazing experience. And I, I'm just digging the fact that you keep leading right into the next one. So let's just like <laughs> hop on that gratitude train and... What is something that you're grateful for, Kat? Today, I'm grateful for the sun. (laughs) It's been raining, but I want to give my reverence to just nature, being grateful for the wisdom teachings of nature all around us. You know, be out there, be in the sunshine, hear the whispers of the wind. I'm really grateful for nature. And I think all of us, wherever we are in the world, you know, we have that because nature really shows us how to come home to ourselves. It shows us our true nature. So yeah, I want to be really grateful to Gaia, to Mother Earth and all her teachings, nature, the nature of everything. I love that. And and I, I it's hard for me not to compete with somebody's, uh, the, the, the gratitude statements because, you know, um, with doing the podcast, it's, I'm always going to be in a different space and a different time when I'm asking this. And sometimes I feel like mine are so superficial (laughs) because it can be like my tea or something like that. And, but that is something that I find so beautiful about gratitude is being grateful for those items, no matter how they show up. And it can change just like, you know, our, what we align with and, what I'm grateful for is my gold overalls. Mm. And I say that (laughs) feeling so silly saying that is I walked by a store multiple times in these gold overalls. I freaking love these gold overalls. And I was like, I have no reason to wear these gold overalls. And um, one day, and it was actually walking in and out of therapy that I see this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go try them on. I tried them on they fit. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get these. And then I looked at the price tag. Let's just say not something I would normally buy because these are ridiculous and they're expensive. And I bought them. My partner was not happy. I don't blame him yet. I, the biggest reason why is because when I was in middle school, I used to wear rainbow colors or gold or, and I would wear pigtails and I would love the colors. 
yeah, I was always made fun of Mm. for being so bright, for being so outspoken. And these overalls represent how I feel on the inside of, I love the way they look. I love the way they feel. And I was so terrified of wearing these to the TED Talk, um, the TEDx conference that I went to last week. And I'm asking my partner nonstop. I'm like, should I not wear these? Because they're like so attention grabbing and I don't want it to be about me. It's about the people up there on stage, but I'd feel so comfortable in them. Like, I feel like they're me. And it was the first time that I really, I walked in the room and people were like, yo, those are cool. And I got to talk about the podcast and I talked to all the TEDx speakers and many of them are going to be on the podcast, which I'm excited about. Yet it was the first time I felt like me. I didn't have that social anxiety. I didn't question who I was. I was like, um, these are stupid, ridiculous, but I feel like me. And even though that doesn't match what everybody else does, that's okay. But that's the expression of you. And that's it. It's finding that alignment and that outer expression of what it is. And if you're embodying it with gold overalls, shine, baby. Like, that's what you should be wearing. (laughs) And thank you. And that's what I'm grateful for. And I know they are so ridiculous. Um, And just one thing that I really, really want uh, our listeners to really hone in on is how do they reach out to you, Kat? Because this is this is something I'm passionate about, which listeners, you can probably tell, I, I do my best to get a, a different audience, uh, different guests that are not all always about spirituality, yet uh, you came up and I was like, I, I got to do this. Like, this is, <laughs> this is like vibing well with me. We got to, let's do this. Um, how do they reach out to you to find out more? Thanks. They can find me on my website, kataraskai.com. Spell it exactly how it sounds with a K or on my Instagram, which is I am Katara Sky. And I'd really love for the listeners to go. You can get your free training, which is just that introduction to those inner senses I talked about, because that's really that gateway, finding truth, finding self, that's where it all begins. So that's where you find me. And I really hope to connect with you and with your listeners at some point, because this is exciting stuff. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. We appreciate you listening to the episode. Please like, follow, and share on our social media at shit to talk about. That is shit the number two talk about. Stay tuned on Wednesdays and Fridays for new episodes. This episode was made possible by production manager Trom Nguyen, business manager Bill Powell, and your host Jen.